happy holidays and happy new year to all of our dear listeners. I've been thinking about this platform a lot lately and how it can be used for just about anything. I mean, there are people putting their music out through their RSS feeds now, charging subscription prices for that stuff. I think that's really cool. So, in the spirit of trying to kind of expand the idea of what this can be, I'm going to start doing some little sermons here and there. And by that I mean this may very well be the one and only one I ever do. But I'm trying to open that door. Maybe leave a shoe between the cracks so it's easily accessible in and out. Uh, but I just, uh, the other day I had some, some pretty intense thoughts uh, about the utility of media and art that we intake. And juxtaposing that to how machines think about creativity and what they value, um, that being exclusively the finished product, uh, which is also coincidentally what the internet allows you to show most of the time is a finished product rather than a process. Um, and these are just some thoughts about how to potentially flip the script on that. Maybe to be a bit more utilitarian ourselves, but to our own ends. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Please leave your comments and things in the appropriate boxes. I would love to hear any responses or thoughts or feelings on this. And uh, I also wanted to announce that Kurt and I are going to be taking questions and every once in a while do a mailbag episode. So if you've got any questions for us or if you want to be a guest on the show, send us, uh, shoot us a line um, over at the only real soapbox podcast at gmail.com. That's the only real soapbox podcast at gmail.com. And without further hubbub, I hope you uh, I hope you get something out of this. Up first, we have my uh, off the cuff rambling for a few minutes, and then there is an audio clip of Nick Cave talking about Chat GPT. Art is like a bridge that you create in the world to something in your imaginal. But when someone crosses the bridge and they get there, it's a different world than the one that you were building a bridge to. In the same way that when an idea comes to you uh, and you try to figure out the right mode of expression for that, if it's words or if it's paint or if it's film or whatever uh, it's inevitably through the process of creation going to be altered from that original vision um, trying to make an exact vision that you had inside is often what drives people insane or leads them to completely miss some other integral factor that needed to be present in the work for it to, to work as a whole uh, <clears throat> But I'm curious what this means for, I've been thinking about what this means for, for media becoming multi-sensory or, you know, more impactful, 
Um, the, the more and more and more of the sensory experience of taking in entertainment or art. Uh, the line between which I don't care to get into for the purpose of this. But um, when you read a book, when you read words, there's so much unsaid that there is a very clear give and take, uh, a very clear cooperation. There's a, a synergistic uh, effect happening between what they're, what they're providing for you and what you're bringing to the table. Um, like, two people really can't ever read the same story because it's, it's always going to play out. All those unmentioned details that are filled in by the individual, um, those aren't necessarily going to match up. Now, when you watch... Or, okay, so when you look at a painting... Just the same. It's not filling your other senses, right? It's, it's just filling your eyes. It's giving you something there. You might smell, taste, feel things um, in the process of staring at that painting. But those things are not provided for you. There's space there. There's space there for you to be a part of what is happening. But when you watch a movie... And I know this is, right, like we, we do a podcast mostly about movies, uh, and I love movies. I love film as a medium. However, when you have sight and sound combined, uh, there's less room. There's less room for the input of the individual, the person taking in the piece of art or the content, if you want to use the dreaded C word. Um, <clears throat> but and not, not that this is necessarily a bad thing up until this point, but when you start to take this further, or when you start to up the intake of that multisensory experience, or perhaps switch to that medium exclusively, um... Where is the room for that cooperation? Like, there's going to be a part of you that isn't able to reach out and be a contributing factor to that in the same way that it could if you were engaging in multiple types of media or art. Um, and I'm not sure, not sure where I'm going with this even. I just think it's important to recognize that and to really open oneself up to the allotment for the personal creative freedom within taking in someone else's created work and to maybe consciously invite your spirit team to help open up those channels so that that input from the self can be more pronounced and more profound and more uh, we can be more mindful of it as it's happening, to allow it to unfold gently and uh, with open arms. Because I think we can engage with film that way. We could probably engage in anything that way, even virtual reality, if we had a strong enough imagination, if we had a strong enough faculty for that. But that is something that is sort of like a muscle in nature. Um, it contracts and it releases, it relaxes, and it needs both 
There are times when we need to be receptive and go on a journey and just explore what's going to happen behind our eyes when we close them and shut our minds off. And there are times when we're very actively and acutely pointing our energy towards trying to accomplish a specific task or purpose. Um, and both of those are creative outputs. They're just the sort of masculine-feminine uh, polarities of it, the active and passive versions. But what I'm suggesting is to, just as an experiment, try and look at the aspect of the process of taking in media or art that is you contributing to what you're experiencing. Being mindful of that as the actual action, the real thing that is happening there, instead of what the story is doing for you, uh, how, how much it's resonating with you, or if you're properly entertained. Um, perhaps just as an experiment, try to judge Try to assess things that you've experienced or are, are going to experience as useful to the strengthening of your imagination or not, or to what degree it was. And in that case, there can be a medicinal quality outside, above, and beyond the narrative the reflections, the, the resonances we have with the specific story. Yeah, I guess that's it. Just some uh, rambling thoughts for the soapbox. Y'all have a good one. Dear Leon and Charlie, in the story of the creation, God makes the world and everything in it in six days. On the seventh day, he rests. The day of rest is significant because it suggests that the creation required a certain amount of effort on God's part, that some sort of artistic struggle had taken place. This struggle is the validating impulse that gives God's world its intrinsic meaning. The world becomes more than just an object full of other objects. Rather, it is imbued with the vital spirit, the pneuma of its creator. Chat GPT rejects any notion of creative struggle, that our endeavors animate and nurture our lives, giving them depth and meaning. It rejects that there is a collective, essential, and unconscious human spirit underpinning our existence, connecting us all through our mutual striving. ChatGPT is fast-tracking the commodification of the human spirit by mechanizing the imagination. It renders our participation in the act of creation as valueless and unnecessary. That songwriter you were talking to, Leon, who is using ChatGPT to write his lyrics because it is faster and easier, 
is participating in the erosion of the world's soul and the spirit of humanity itself, and to put it politely, should fucking desist <laughs> if he wants to continue calling himself a songwriter. <laughs> ChatGPT's intent is to eliminate the process of creation and its attendant challenges, viewing it as nothing more than a time-wasting inconvenience that stands in the way of the commodity itself. Why strive, it contends? Why bother with the artistic process and its accompanying trials? Why shouldn't we make it faster and easier? When the God of the Bible looked down upon what he had created, he did so with a sense of accomplishment and saw that it was good. It was good because it required something of his own self, and his struggle imbued creation with a moral imperative. In short, love. Charlie, even though the creative act requires considerable effort, in the end, you will be contributing to the vast network of love that supports human existence. There are all sorts of temptations in this world that will eat away at your creative spirit, but none more fiendish than that boundless machine of artistic demoralization, chat GPT. <laughs> As humans, we so often feel helpless in our own smallness, Yet still we find the resilience to do and make beautiful things. And this is where the meaning of life resides. Nature reminds us of this constantly. The world is often cast as a purely malignant place, but still the joy of creation exerts itself. And as the sun rises upon the struggle of the day, the great crested grebe dances upon the water. It is our striving that becomes the very essence of meaning. This impulse, this creative dance that is now being so cynically undermined must be defended at all costs. And just as we would fight any existential evil, we should fight it tooth and nail. For we are fighting for the very soul of the world. Love, Nick. Thank you.